Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 65 of the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theo Lim, coming at you on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Hope you guys are having a great week so far. Hope you're having a great day. It's been almost a month since I've put out a podcast. It's been three weeks, three and a half weeks, and I didn't want to go a whole month without putting one out. I've been thinking about you guys. I've been collecting questions from people I work with or people that are hitting me up. So I have a jam-packed episode for you guys today. Um, hope you guys are excited for that. Hope you guys are ready to take this in. I've uh, let me give you a quick rundown. I've listened to a few books recently that I am going to recommend. I think a lot of you guys will enjoy these books. I'm going to talk about some nutri- nutrition stuff because a lot of people have been asking about my own nutrition. If you follow me on Instagram. Or if you've listened to the last few episodes of the podcast, you know that I've been working with my coach and he's been helping me with my nutrition and I've made some solid progress, I guess. I guess enough progress for people to compliment me on it, which is very nice of you guys. I always appreciate that. So I'm going to talk about some nutrition stuff, what I'm doing on that end. And then lastly, I'm going to talk about how to create a mobility or stretching routine. Geraldo, I got you, bro. I got you. All right. So it's it's been almost a month without an episode. I apologize. I've been focusing a lot on my in-person training clients as well as my online clients and really just pushing to build that out. You guys know that that's my main that's the main part of my business that is my business doing the actual coaching doing the training helping people in real life i do the podcast because i want to help you guys even more outside of that capacity and it's a really great format for me to just go ahead and talk for 45 minutes one hour and go deep into these things because sometimes not sometimes, all the time. In person, it's just hard to get all of this information across. Sometimes we only have 10 minutes. Maybe I'm running somewhere, maybe you're running somewhere. So I do the podcast because I want to provide more value in this kind of format and just want to help you guys out. And it's super fun. It helps me out as well. It helps me practice my speaking skills, which is always a good idea. So I've been concentrating a lot on building out my business, just uh, taking care of my clients better, taking care of my current clients better, helping them get the results that they want, helping them work towards their goals. And of course, as always, just looking to take in more clients. So you guys know what I do. I'm all about building strength. I'm all about learning how to move better, learning how to lift well. And really, in at the end of it, just feeling good, feeling good about ourselves, being healthy, and all that good stuff. So I've recently started a, I've recently 
started offering a free strategy session. So for you guys who are in Toronto, if you're ever interested in training with me, you're wondering how we can work together. Maybe you need help with your lifting technique. Maybe you need help learning how to stretch, learning how to move well so you don't feel so tight all the time. You know I'm your guy. So I've recently started offering a free 30 to 45 minute strategy session where we meet, we talk about your goals, I show you around the facility and then I give you, I go over a quick assessment with you guys just to see where your mobility levels are. And then with that, with that conversation, with that assessment, we're able to see if we're a good fit for each other and how we can continue working together moving forward. Whether that's my small group training, whether that's personal training, or maybe even online coaching. So I'm offering that. I'm going to provide a link below. It's theodorelim.ca forward slash let's work. So I'm offering a free strategy session. If you guys are interested, maybe you know someone who might be interested. Support your boy. You know I'm out here. So I just wanted to put that out there. And now for some book recommendations. I have been using Audible. And it's been freaking awesome. So Audible is a an online, it's an audiobook platform. Kind of like the app that you use to listen to this podcast. Similar idea, except it's audiobooks. So it's, I believe it's run by Amazon or their partners. So it's a monthly subscription. It's $15 per month. And I've been using it for the last year now. And I've really been enjoying it. I think when you first sign up through Amazon, they give you two books for free. It might be one, but super awesome. And I think, of course, you can cancel it after that first month if you're not feeling it. But Audible, you guys know me. I like, I love learning. I love improving my skill set. I like expanding my knowledge. So reading books, I've fallen off reading books pretty hard the last couple of years. So one way I've been alleviating this is through audiobooks. It's just a lot more digestible. Like when I'm driving, I'll listen to audiobooks. When I'm doing my dishes, when I'm meal prepping, when I'm vacuuming my house, doing yard work, audiobooks have been amazing for me. So a couple books that are really awesome. Three books that I want to recommend to you guys. Number one, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. The Four Agreements It's a very short book, super like mindset, philosophy based, just how to be an awesome person. So the four agreements, highly recommend that. And then the next two, super, super, super awesome books. Number one is called Deep Work by Cal Newport. I'm going to link all of these books below so you guys can... So you guys can look them up and see how you can get them, whether it's the library, whether it's Amazon or Audible. So deep work, 
Rules for Focused Success in a Distracted World. This has been super helpful for me just because as the um, as the subtitle says, it's there's so much distraction around us now. Our phone, there's so many apps on our phone. There's just so much so much stuff distracting us, right? And always pulling us away. So I think I spoke about this last episode where I, I shared that I turn off all of my notifications off of my phone now. So right now, as I record this podcast, no, nothing's going to pop up for me. I've put my phone on silent. So because even if you do, even if you don't address whatever pops up on your phone, just the fact that like the phone lights up or make a, makes a noise, your brain attends that in some way, shape or form, right? So just turning off those things, getting rid of the distractions so we can really focus and do quality work. So Deep Work by Cal Newport. If you guys are struggling like getting your focus or getting focused with your work or with your studies, Deep Work has been super helpful. I'm actually going to take a second listen after I finish what I'm currently listening to. And his second book, Cal Newport again, it's called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Why Skills Trump Passion in the Quest for Work You Love. So it's called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Basically, the book's premise is that skills should tr- skills will trump passion when we're looking for work that we love. So simply being good at it for me that means really being an awesome coach, just being really good at doing the coaching. And it's honestly if you guys are if you guys are looking for a book to help you kind of find some direction in your career, in the work you're doing, maybe you're unsure of which direction to head. This has been an awesome book. I'm I'm on my second listen right now and I'm just about done, but it's been great. And that's something I've been doing a lot where I've been going back to listen to like certain podcast episodes or certain books because there's so much information in them that it's easy to miss some things here and there. So I really like to make sure that I fully comprehend what the author is saying really pick up some key points and the most important thing taking action on those things so deep work it really helped me understand like okay when i schedule myself to do work make sure you're getting you're actually working cell phones off i'm not checking my cell phone i'm not doing anything i'm working for that time and then i schedule in time where i'm chilling and recharging and i'm on instagram dming you guys and putting out videos or pictures so really just understanding that okay there's so much distraction our mind can go so many different directions but what is the most important thing and how can we actually focus so we do a great job at it so those are my three recommendations for you guys number one the four agreements Victoria, really appreciate that book recommendation. That was super helpful. Like sometimes 
books, sometimes it you need the right timing to like fully grasp a book, right? Sometimes it's not the right time and it's just not for you at the time, but I really needed that. So the four agreements, deep work and so good they can't ignore you. Highly recommend those books for you guys. I think you will enjoy it a lot. So moving on, as I said, I'm going to talk a bit about nutrition. I know I've been talking about it a lot, but it's been a main focus in my life over the last 10 weeks. I'm just finishing up week number 10 with my coach, Coach D. And yes, I've seen some progress. It's been good. I've I've learned a lot, which is probably the most important thing. I'm getting this experience. And a lot of people are giving me compliments. I mean, I'm wearing cutoffs now. I've, I've got a bit more of a tan. I don't think I've ever worn like sleeveless, like a cutoff t-shirt in my life. But I feel confident enough to do that now. Thanks, coach. But a lot of you guys are giving me compliments, which I appreciate a lot. A lot of people are saying, oh, you look a lot more lean. You look way more jacked. You seem a lot more fit. What are you doing differently? Honestly, this is my first time paying attention to really like hunkering hunkering down and actually getting lean. This is my first time in my life. I've been doing this for 10 years, the whole gym thing. And this is the first time that I've really locked in on my nutrition. So with my coach, we do macronutrient coaching. So I count my macros. I use MyFitnessPal. I've been on a 71-day streak. I think today's 72 days, which I'm super happy about. That's awesome. I feel good about that. What have I been doing differently? Honestly, it's just being in a caloric deficit consistently for the last 10 weeks. And I got to say this. I got to say this before I continue. It's been tough. It's been really tough. I didn't expect it to be this difficult, but it's tough. And I have a newfound respect for everyone who's trying to lose a little bit of weight, who's trying to lose a bit of fat. It's tough. It's hard. (laughs) Out of the last 10 weeks, I think I've had two or three quote unquote perfect weeks. A lot of ups and downs, a lot more downs than ups. Um, If you guys see my progress the progress has definitely not been been linear like i started at 179 pounds the lowest i've gone has been 166 so far but today i think i weighed in at 169 so it's been a lot of ups and downs from like 168 to 173 to 167 and honestly that's on me there were times when i wasn't as focused i wasn't as locked in so I ended up binging, I ended up ordering pizza when I really shouldn't have, and just simply going over my macros. As I said, it's been hard, and I didn't expect it to be so hard to not eat the foods that I want to eat. So that's what I've been, that's what I've been doing differently, just consistently being in a caloric deficit over a long period of time. Simple, but not easy. 
in terms of my training, I feel pretty good with my training. Again, over the last 10 weeks, I've probably had two to three weeks where the training didn't go as well. Maybe I um, spent a couple weekends having too much fun and the week after the training really suffered. That's happened a couple times. But overall, training has been very fun. I've been very engaged with my training and I think that's very important. I'm very excited about my training. You guys, if you follow me on Instagram at theodore.lim, you'll see that I'm doing a lot of kettlebell stuff. I recently just brought in the barbell work, so that's been exciting as well. I've been training Muay Thai once a week. Again, a lot of this is... The kettlebell stuff is still pretty new to me, so I'm very engaged in that. I'm very excited to make lots of progress on that. The barbell stuff, I had kind of laid off for a little bit, so it's been fun to reintroduce it back in and get that barbell work in. And then Muay Thai, again, it's once a week. Sometimes I'll do some pa- some bag work on my own, but not a lot. So again, all of this is engaging, it's exciting, and it gets me into the gym. And I attack it because I'm because it's fun. So for you guys, maybe you're struggling a little with your training, getting into a good groove. Maybe you need to try something different. Maybe you need to try a new class, maybe you need to try a new way of training, maybe you need to try it, like, maybe you never use kettlebells, maybe you need to try kettlebells, or maybe you've never done, like, bodyweight training, try bodyweight training, whatever is going to get you excited and engaged about your training, right, because as you guys know, it's all about consistency over a long period of time, so if you're not excited about going to the gym or going to that class, it's, it's, you're not going to, your heart's not going to be in it, right? And then the effort won't be there. The consistency, consistency won't be there. So make sure you have something that is engaging and exciting. And as I said at the start, maybe you need some guidance. Hit your boy up at Theodore.Lim. The website link is theodorelim.ca slash let's work. I got you. Let me help you get excited about training. So those are the main two things I'd say. Being in a caloric deficit consistently over a long period of time and then being engaged and excited about my training. That's really helped me. And then of course, there's the whole sleep aspect, which has been tough. I recently just started a 5.30 a.m. session. I used to start at 6.30 a.m., but... One of my top guys, he said he wants to start at 5.30 a.m. He's my top client, VIP. Shoutouts to Nuno. He's not. He's never going to listen to this, but that's my guy. So he said he wanted to start at 5.30. I said, okay, let's go, 5.30 a.m. I got to tell you, though, it's been tough. I need to really figure out my sleeping schedule a lot better so I can show up with a bit more energy in the morning. So sleeping's been tough, but it's something I'm always working on. The quality of your sleep, the quality of your recovery will determine the quality of your performance, right? And the quality of your performance is going to determine the quality of your success. So it starts with a quality sleep, guys. So in terms of what I've been doing differently, that's it. What... Another question I'm getting a lot, what does your meal plan look like? What are you eating? 
again, you guys, if you are on Instagram, you watch my stories. I posted a lot. I eat. The main thing I've been doing, the main thing I'm doing differently in that regard is eating more protein consistently. So coach has me eating 190 grams of protein right now per day. That's a pretty good amount. That's a solid three meals of protein. Plus, sometimes I'll need a protein shake to fill that in. So it's at least three meals. And sometimes I need a protein shake. So you guys know my staple proteins. I'm doing strip loin steak. I'm doing extra lean ground beef. I'm doing chicken breasts. And of course, my protein powder. So those are my four main things. Sometimes I'll have rainbow trout. Sometimes I'll have eggs. But mainly it's strip loin steak, extra lean ground beef, and chicken breast. So hitting protein consistently has been big for me. And another thing that's been big for me is, you guys know, I used to eat a lot of rice. I haven't had rice in like three weeks now. I haven't used my rice cooker in three weeks. I feel like I'm neglecting it a little. Like every time I look at it, I get a little bit sad, but I just keep walking. <laughs> it's a, I pass the rice cooker on the way to the washroom every time. So I haven't been eating rice. I've been eating a lot more vegetables, a lot more leafy vegetables, which has always been something I kind of neglected. But now I see the value of leafy vegetables. So a couple examples. Lettuce has been big, just like big salads. Coleslaw has been big. Uh, zucchini, a little bit of kale. But mostly, mostly lettuce, zucchinis, cherry tomatoes, coleslaw. And what I do is with my protein, I just add a shit ton of vegetables. And it just makes the meal that much bigger. So basically, I'm having a very high volume meal, but it has very little calories and very little carbohydrates. So that's one big change I've made. Very helpful. I now understand the value of salads because I, I always ate vegetables. I always ate like baby spinach, which I cooked and baby carrots. But the thing with those vegetables is that they're, once you cook the spinach and once you cook the baby carrots, they're soft, right? They're very mushy. So it's very easy to eat and it doesn't take long to eat. With the leafy vegetables, because it takes longer to eat, you have to chew it a lot longer. It feels like you're eating a lot more food and it takes longer to eat. So you feel fuller. So if you guys out there are trying to maybe eat less, trying to lose a little bit of fat, highly recommend beefing up your meals with high volume vegetables, high volume food. And then the last thing, I talked about this a little bit last time I spoke about nutrition. I'm really good at being very strict, very clean, I'm really good at that. And I could do that for four or five days, but on that sixth day, it's over. I'll probably like snap, I'll binge on something. So by not eating as much rice, by not eating any rice, this saves me a lot of carbohydrates. 
So what I've been eating, I enjoy Boston cream donuts and I enjoy the McDonald's ice cream cone, mainly because it's a dollar all summer. Perfect timing, I guess. So the Boston cream is about 250 calories. The ice cream cone is about 240 calories. So not a lot, but enough of a treat to make me feel good to get that sugar that I crave. So a question I get today is so weird. Someone asked me like, oh, you look leaner. What have you been doing? I'm like, oh, you know, I've just been keeping track of what I'm eating. And the first question they asked was, do you have a cheat day? And I'm like, what kind of, what kind of question is that? Like, why is that the most pressing question? Or why is that the first question you have in mind? So as you guys know, I've expressed my opinion on cheat days. I'm not big on cheat days. I don't like it. I don't like the, I just don't like everything surrounding cheat days. So instead of me having a cheat day, because I'm counting macros, I make the Boston cream fit into my daily macros, or I make the ice cream cone fit into my macros. And so what ends up happening is every day or every other day, I will have a treat. I'll just treat myself ice cream cone after dinner, Boston cream before my workout, that kind of thing. And it just has helped me stay a little more on track, a little more sane. So I'm no longer striving for perfection on the daily. I'm just like 80% rule, 80-20, right? 80% of your food intake should come from whole foods. 20% comes from quote unquote less healthy foods. So those are the three big things I've been doing. Lots of vegetables, less rice, hitting protein consistently, and then treating myself to the foods that I crave. So yesterday I went pretty, I didn't have any carbs throughout the day, or I didn't have a lot of carbs throughout the day. So at night I bought one of those small containers of rice pudding, the cozy shack rice pudding. Those are bomb. So I had a whole container and I still hit my macros perfectly. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. I felt good about it because it fit. And the argument for if it fits your macros is like, yo, just because it fits your macros doesn't mean you should, that doesn't mean you should have it, which is true. I used to fall into that trap where, oh, I can make pizza fit my macros. I'm going to eat pizza very frequently. But the micronutrients, the quality of the food is still important. But I feel good. I feel very good about the my micros. I feel very good about the quality of food I'm eating because 80 to 90% of the time, I'm having some high-quality protein. And as I said, I'm having a ton of vegetables. Like in my plate, I'm getting at least three to four vegetables every meal. Baby carrots, spinach, zucchinis, cherry tomatoes, kale, lettuce, coleslaw, all that good stuff. And I want to give a special shout out to sweet potatoes. I didn't mention sweet potatoes, but when I'm looking for carbs, because I still do eat carbs, don't get me wrong, I'm not going low carb or anything. I still eat carbs, just not not as much rice. I've been doing sweet potatoes, which is amazing. 
For a while, I was off of sweet potatoes, but I learned how to microwave them and it makes it so much easier. So for you guys out there, here is the sweet potato microwave hack. I use a peeler. I peel the sweet potato real quick. I use a fork. I stab it a couple times so it doesn't explode on me in the microwave. So I stab it all around. I wrap it in one piece of paper towel and then I microwave it for, depending on the size of the sweet potato, I put it in for three minutes first. I take it out, I flip it, and then I put it in for another two to three minutes. Then I take it out, cut it up, weigh it, throw it in my food. Sweet potato has been awesome. And again, this is another big thing in terms of eating high volume foods. For the amount of sweet potato you get to eat compared to the amount of rice, the sweet potato is more voluminous, so meaning you get more of it and it's less calories and carbohydrates. With the rice, in order for me to actually feel full by eating rice, I need to eat a good amount of rice and it's just not worth it at this point in time. Because if I eat the rice, if I say yes to rice, I'm saying no to that ice cream cone. I'm saying no to that Boston cream. So again, this comes back to finding those foods that work for you, finding those high volume foods. All right, just sip some of this iced coffee. I feel like I'm talking at a mile a minute, so I'm gonna try to slow it down a little bit. And guys, if you ever have any questions you want me to talk about a certain topic or you want me to ask questions, please, or you want me to answer your questions, please DM me at theodore.lim. It helps me understand what you guys are looking for. It gives me some direction for the podcast and I get to answer your awesome questions. All right, we are here. The last topic of the show, it's going to be a big one. This is going to be helpful for you guys if you're a trainer, if you're an aspiring trainer, or really if you're just someone who goes to the gym a lot and you want to take care of your body. Because the gym, although the gym is there, it helps us build muscle, helps us get stronger. If you're not on top of it, it can also break your body down. So Geraldo, I got you, bro. Geraldo asked me the other day, not the other day. It's been like a month. Sorry, man. We're here now, though. Geraldo asks, how do you create a mobility or stretching routine? Really awesome question. I think he's coming from a trainer's perspective because he just started training people. I think he got his certificate or he graduated recently. Congrats, bro. So how do you create a mobility or stretching routine? Hmm. Very tough question. No right answer, to be honest. Over the years, I've tried many different mobility and stretching routines. Um, Kind of figuring out what works well for me, what doesn't. And over time, these things will change. These things will change for yourself and they will change for your clients. I'm going to say this. The number one thing before you even think about creating a mobility or stretching routine, you need to assess your clients. You need to take your time to assess your clients 
to see where their mobility levels are. And the main assessments are going to be in the shoulder area, the upper mid back area, the hips, the ankles, and the feet. This is kind of tough to uh, explain in a podcast format, like a video would be better or pictures, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to take some pictures of some resources that I have and I will link them in the show notes, okay? Um, These pictures are pictures that it's like the resources I got from attending Joe DeFranco and Jim Smith's CPPS certification, which I highly recommend, bro. It's a certified physical preparation specialist. Anyway, I will take pictures of that resource. I think it'll be very helpful for you. This is something I paid like 2000 2500 bucks to attend. But let me, let me give you that love, man. So first things first, you need to learn how to assess your clients. This needs to be a one-on-one assessment. Like if you run groups like I do, what I used to do when I first started, okay, clients first time, okay, come join my group and we'll just jump in. But honestly, because there are, there are multiple people in the group, you're not able to give that full attention to the person. It's just not possible. So what I do now is I do a one-on-one assessment first before I decide, okay, you're good. You're like, you're cleared to join the group, or I think we need to do some personal training sessions first. And this is only going to help both you and your client because you're going to be able to help them better. And they're going to get that attention that they need so that they really understand what's going on and where things need to go. So you need to learn how to assess from top to bottom, starting with the shoulders, the neck area, shoulders, upper mid back is huge. So shoulder internal rotation, external rotation, thoracic rotation, thoracic extension, thoracic flexion, And then in terms of the hips, hip internal rotation, hip external rotation. And then let's move down ankles. How is their ankle mobility? Because that's going to play a huge factor in how they move, how they squat, whether their knees hurt or not. Ankle mobility is big. And then checking in with their feet. How do their feet look? Are they flat footed? Does their big toe move? Does it not move? So again, it's hard for me to like describe the way I would assess someone. So I'm going to take pictures for you. Check it out in the show notes. And then in terms of how to create a movement or stretching routine, this is similar to the question, how do you create a training program? And I recently heard this from Luca Hosevar, super awesome podcast by the way, Geraldo, I know you're an aspiring coach. I'm going to link hit Luca's podcast as well because it's been super helpful for me. Okay. You have to think of it like this. Before you become a chef, you have to be a cook first. Meaning before you start making your own recipes, you have to learn how to follow a recipe first. Right? And not everyone's going to be a good chef. Not everyone's going to be a great chef. 
you have to start by being a great cook first. So again, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've followed countless amount, countless training programs. And I talk about this all the time. You need to be keeping a training log with your own training because yes, you might remember what you did last week, but there's no way you're going to remember what you did five years ago or eight years ago, right? So you need to keep a training log. You need to track your progress because what that will tell you is like, okay, did that program work well for me? Why did it work well? Why didn't it work well? Maybe there were certain like rep schemes or certain exercises that really helped you progress. You want to have that information so that you can, okay, for example, I did the squat, say I did a squat program and I made amazing gains from that squat program. Now, whenever I want to bring my squat up or if I want to bring one of my clients squats up and I know they might respond well to them, to that program, I have that program in my back pocket. I'm like, yo, we're going to do this because I know this works. And then especially if it's for yourself, it's like, you know, that worked well for you. Just re repeat it, replicate it and make those gains again. Right? So that's why I'm so big on learn, how, follow a program, stick with it for at least six to 12 weeks, follow it to a T. And then after that, you can make adjustments. The worst thing you can do is like pick a program and start making your own adjustments without even starting and doing that program. You're, you're not doing that program if you're making adjustments, right? So same thing with the movement routines. I'm going to link a ton of resources for you guys. So even if you're not a coach, I know I'm talking directly to Geraldo right now and other coaches, but even if you're not a coach, I'm going to link some awesome movement routines down below. What I want you guys to do is this, follow, follow the routine to a T, see how it makes you feel. And with the movement stuff, it's always going to be like, when you do it, you'll know whether like, oh, holy shit, I'm super tight there. I need to do this more. Or maybe you do something and you're like, uh, I don't really feel this. I don't, maybe I don't need this. So it's just practice, like follow it reflect on it and then adjust as needed. So I totally said that I was going to give a shout out to Luca Hosevar. I think I missed that part. I got excited. <laughs> so before you become a master chef, you need to learn how to cook. You need to learn how to follow recipes. So you need to learn how to follow training programs. You need to learn how to stick with it, track your progress reflect on it to see what worked well, what didn't work well. Same thing when it comes to movement routines. Like I've done a lot of different warmups over the last five to six years. I've tried a lot of different warmups with my own clients and it's always changing. I always feel like, okay, we can do this better. Let me change that right now. But through the course of doing that, by doing that, you just, you get better. You add to your toolbox you learn more mobility moves, you learn more stretches, you learn more ways to foam roll. And it's just going to make you better. You have those tools so that you can help other people better as well, right? So always 
mobility stretching routine follow tried and true routines first and then make your own shit up like even right now when with my kettlebell program with my strength training program i'm following routines that other people are putting out like i'm not just sitting here to make some shit up because i think like you know like i don't have it i might now i'm better equipped now than i was eight years ago but even right now i'm still i always say this i'm standing on the shoulders of giants joe defranco he's been in the industry 25 plus years of course i'm going to follow his mobility routine and then i'm going to be like okay i really like this move i don't really feel this move too much and it's just a constant refinement right same with the training program so i'm going to link a whole bunch of videos for you guys a whole bunch of resources look at them practice them reflect on whether they worked well or not for you and just just continue getting better continue refining so in terms of your clients how to create a mobility and stretching routine for them okay let me give you some applicable stuff from what i've seen over the last four years training people there are two or three main areas that everyone is kind of lacking in that thoracic spine area which is like the upper mid back area shoulder blades because of the nature of our lives a lot of sitting a lot of rounded shoulders we're just so tight we're just stuck in like this rounded position imagine look like picture people looking at their phone hunched over or driving hunched over that thoracic spine is just so jammed up and then if you try to bench press or you try to overhead press push-ups you try to do that stuff with a really jammed up upper back that's when the shoulders start hurting that's when the elbows that's when the wrists start hurting because the shoulder the thoracic spine is not moving as it should be so thoracic spine extension and flexion super important think uh like cat cows cat cow is a big move um, and then you have the thoracic rotation just like simply being able to rotate so if you play sports like tennis or golf you're swinging a baseball or you're playing hockey these activities require a lot of thoracic rotation so if you're missing that rotation and i i always say this the body is incredible the body is a work of it's a it's a beautiful thing if you want it to swing that baseball bat 100 times every weekend because you're playing every weekend the body's going to do it the body's going to do that for you until it gets to a point where it's like okay dude like i i don't move that way you're not you're not helping me open up that area i'm not moving as i as well as i could be that's when things start to hurt maybe instead of the rotation coming from the thoracic spine it's coming from like your lower back or maybe your shoulders are doing double duty because the thoracic spine isn't moving the way it should be so number one thoracic spine big big area number two hips again same as before we're sitting all the time sitting in the car sitting at work i'm sitting right now on the computer right the hips it just the hip flexors get shortened 
same as the upper mid back things just start to get jammed up and then you ask your body to run 10 kilometers every week you ask your body to squat a couple hundred pounds every week or do box jumps or like you know all this stuff and if you don't have enough space between the joints you don't things aren't moving and gliding the way they should be things get jammed up things start grinding when they really shouldn't be grinding that's when that hip pain comes that's when the lower back pain comes that's when the knees start to hurt so hips are big stretching out those hip flexors um, 90 90 internal external rotation big and then i'd say the third third main part is the ankles just again a lot of sitting the ankles just get really jammed up then you ask someone to squat you ask someone to run the ankles the feet they're just not uh, they're just not moving the way they should be moving so those are the main areas i take a look at in your own body as well like i've talked about this before it's called the joint by joint model so if you look at the let's start with the ankles the ankles are meant to be mobile and the knees are meant to be stable and the hips are meant to be mobile so let's take those three things right there the hips meant to be mobile the knees are meant to be stable and the ankles are meant to be mobile as well so if you don't have the necessary amount of mobility in your hips or your ankles for the activity that you're trying to do your knees are going to start trying to be mobile for you when really it wants to be stable so you're putting the knees double doing double duty now the knees eventually start to hurt that's when that knee pain comes in so if you have knee pain sometimes most of the time it's not really the knee itself that you need to look at maybe you need to look at how your ankle mobility is maybe you need to look at how your hip mobility is maybe the calves are really tight you need to foam roll or stretch those maybe the quads are really tight you need to stretch and foam roll those then another very common area of pain and injury lower back so as i said the hips are meant to be mobile the lower back just like the knees are meant to be stable and then you have the thoracic spine above which is meant to be mobile and stable that's the one special part so here we are again you're trying to deadlift or you're trying to squat but your hips are really tight they're not mobile what happens okay your low back is like you know what i got you we're gonna squat this shit i got you it doesn't feel great but we're gonna do it you do that for enough reps you do that for enough sets you do that for enough weeks months years the low back is eventually like dude I can't do this anymore the low back starts hurting right and then lastly shoulder pain shoulder pain is a big one I'd say shoulders knees and low back are like the main big three right so shoulders you're bench pressing and the shoulders hurt or you're doing push-ups you're doing overhead presses pull-ups and the shoulders really don't feel good generally that thoracic spine is lacking mobility lacking that rotation maybe it's lacking the flexion or the extension you need to fix that in order 
for you to perform pain-free. And again, this comes back to if you yourself are not the type to learn this stuff on your own or go out and do your own research, you need to hire someone for this. Whether it's a personal trainer, whether it's a physiotherapist, a, a sports therapist, an athletic therapist, find someone who knows their shit so that they can help to assess you. Right? So it, it starts with a proper assessment. It really does. Like you, you won't know what's wrong. Say you're dealing with a shoulder injury. Someone asked me today. I'm doing all the warm-ups well. I'm I'm taking my time to foam roll before I train and before I run. But every night, my 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 leg, my whole leg hurts so bad. And I get this kind of question a lot. And I'm I always tell people I don't have. I'm getting better at it as I go. I'm working on it, but I wasn't trained to assess in that way. Like I'm, I'm more of a strength guy. I'm more of a movement guy. I'm just getting into this anatomy and the assessment portion of things. So I don't have the eye for it. And I can kind of help you. Like I kind of asked him, okay, do you stretch your calves? Do you foam roll your calves? You do your hip mobility. You do your ankle mobility. Okay, great. And then I said, how about do you ever roll the bottom of your feet with a lacrosse ball? And he said, no, I've never actually done that. I said, okay, after the class, let's try that. So we tried that. He said, oh my God, it hurt. Like there's a lot of tension at the bottom of his feet. And so for me, I can kind of like, I know enough to kind of be like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? Maybe you should try this. But where a physiotherapist comes in, like a good physiotherapist, just like trainers, there are a lot of trainers out there. There are a lot of physiotherapists out there, but there aren't a lot of great ones out there. So do your research. Don't just go to the first person you see. Do your research. Make sure they know their shit because you're going to be paying good money. That's your hard-earned money. You're going to be spending your time, your valuable time and resources to go see that person. So make sure they know their shit. So that's, I, I told him, I, I pointed to the, phys, uh, the RMT that I work with in the class. I said, look, I, I work with Adam Bell at Myo Detox. I see him once a month. He helps me a lot. He points things out to me that I don't see on myself. So although I can kind of help like recommend stuff like, uh, have you stretched your calves? Have you rolled this? Have you tried this stretch? Someone who's actually trained in that can assess you properly and be like, oh, look, your shoulder, your left shoulder. No, let's go back to the ankle because we were on the ankle. Oh, look, your left ankle actually has like three inches less of range of motion versus your right ankle. That's probably why your left ankle hurts like a motherfucker. Or, oh, look, your hip, your ex the external rotation of your right hip is a lot more than the external rotation of your left hip, right? And that's something I always remind my clients of is that when we're warming up, yes, we're warming up, we're getting the blood, uh, we're getting our, uh, 
internal temperature up. Yes, we're warming up in that regard. But the main thing is we're, I want you to build awareness of how your body is feeling. When we do that hip stretch, is that right hip a lot more jacked up than the left hip? Is that right the right uh, shoulder a lot more jacked up? Is that right chest a lot tighter? Because the body is going to tell you how it feels. And if you're holding a lot more tension on one side, or if one side of your body is a lot more jacked up, then you try to get, say your right shoulder is like super tight and your left shoulder is fine. That's fine. But then you go try to do a bench press. And because that right shoulder is super tight, it's going to affect the way you bench press, right? And that's when things start to go wrong. So I hope that was helpful. I hope I was able to answer your question regarding the mobility and stretching routine. Again, I'm going to give you guys the resources that have helped me a lot so that you guys can learn to either help yourself or learn to help other people. And with that being said, I feel like sometimes I, it's been a while since I've recorded a podcast and I just talked so fast. I hope it wasn't too fast. I feel out of breath. I feel the fatigue. <laughs> I'm uh, putting some work over here. So with that being said, I'm going to leave it there. Episode number 65 in the books. And one last time, if you guys are in Toronto, if you guys know someone in Toronto looking to learn how to lift well, looking to learn how to train, looking to learn how to move well, maybe you're dealing with some kind of pain and you need some help with it, I'm your guy. Enough said. Theodorelim.ca forward slash let's work. I'm going to link it down below. Support your boy. Give your boy some love. And guys, as always, if you have questions, hit me up. Appreciate you guys for listening. Hope you have a great day. Peace.